This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Hey, uh, we are in a series called Simply Jesus. Uh, Last week we started this series talking about the idea that, you know, life is crazy, times are crazy, the world's crazy, um, and sometimes in the midst of everything that's going on in this life, we need to just simplify things and remember that it's always simply about Jesus. And so if you go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 19, we're going to look at verse 1. Uh, through nine this morning. We're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus, one of my favorite stories. I know, Ryan Wonderly, this is one of your favorite stories, um, but we're going to look at Zacchaeus' life today. Verse one says this, Jesus enters Jericho and made his way through town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he become very rich. Verse three, he tried to look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Verse four. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree beside the road and Jesus was going past. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Called him, sorry, lost my spot. Called him by name. He said this, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and looked at Jesus and took he uh, took Jesus into his home with great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased, for he had gone to be a guest in a notorious sinner's house, and they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated any people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Verse 9, Jesus replied, salvation has come to this house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Love the story of Zacchaeus, chief tax collector, okay? But if we really want to put it into everyday language, we're really calling him a gangster, a mobster, a thug, a bully, a thief. This is really who Zacchaeus was, okay? This was not anybody you would have wanted to be friends with. He's a chief tax collector, meaning that there's tax collectors that sit underneath him. And those tax collectors go out into the city, and they take taxes. But then when Zacchaeus meets up with his tax collectors, he's taking a percentage off of what they've taken. So the other guys are taking an even larger percentage from what you truly owe. So Zacchaeus is not a nice guy. Zacchaeus has become very rich. He's become very powerful. Okay? And he's a gangster. Okay? And his identity is crime, hated by most people. Yet Jesus chose. And this is what I love about the Word of God. It is so exact. Okay? And we got to remember something. Jesus had a finite time on earth. We think we have a short amount of time. Jesus had a really small amount of time. And he really, truly had three years where the Holy Spirit ascended upon him to go and to spread the gospel. And so when Jesus takes time to say, I choose Zacchaeus, it is with purpose in mind. Jesus is sending a clear message to every single one of us in the room. I accept Zacchaeus, so I accept you. 
Ooh, I thought I'd get a better amen than that, okay? <laughs> Jesus chooses him, purposely chooses him to have an encounter with him. One encounter, one encounter, one, one. Just one moment brings a complete 180 in Zacchaeus' life. Complete. Now, I'm thankful for the journey. I was not that person that just had one moment with Jesus and everything changed in a heartbeat, but I know this to be true, that when the presence of God comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, everything is possible. Everything's possible. There's nothing impossible with God. And in this one moment, Zacchaeus has this one moment with him, and everything changes. Now, the truth is this. So often when we look at the story of Zacchaeus, we always think that the story is truly about Zacchaeus. And it's interesting. There's nine verses, and during the nine verses, his name is actually spoken six times, which is really interesting. Because there are moments in the Bible where people are unnamed. So God chose to put into the Bible his name six different times. But I really, truly believe that the story really isn't truly about Zacchaeus. It's truly about Jesus and Jesus' goodness coming to Zacchaeus, okay? So let's look at the story, okay? Point number one is this. Jesus enters Jericho, okay? Jesus enters Jericho. What do we know about Jesus? Well, Luke chapter 4, verse 40 says this about Jesus. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought their sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their disease was, no matter what, no matter what. Remember one time I had a a sinus infection. Anybody else get sinus infections? Yeah, yeah, you know my pain, okay? And I'm driving down the road. And I got a sinus infection, and I'm the guy that, like, I wish I could just call the doctor and be like, hey, I got a sinus infection, give me a Z-Pack, and I don't need to come in and see you, and I don't need to pay a $100 copay, you know what I mean? I don't need to waste my time in the doctor's office, kind of get an amen from anybody on that, okay? I, I, I feel like I know what's going on. And I remember one time I'm driving down the road, and I know I have a sinus infection, and the Holy Spirit just kind of whispers to me, he goes, I can take care of that. And I was kind of like thrown off. And I was kind of like, well, you know, like there's a lot of other sicker people (laughs) in the world, you know, like there's people that are like in hospitals, you know, people that have like cancer and they have like a lot of other things going on. God, like, isn't that like more important? He said, well, I healed everybody. I healed everybody. No matter what it was. And I remember the Lord said, it's your choice. You can allow me to heal you, or you can go to a doctor either way, but I can, I can do this. See, the Lord, he wants to heal. He said, no matter what their disease was, he touched, one touch of his hand healed every single one of them. Hey, I'm going to do something, Jackie, that you're going to hate me, but the Lord told me this last night. The Lord says, stop listening to the lies of the devil. The devil hates you so much. But the Lord said, I love Jackie. 
and I am well pleased with Jackie. And the Lord said, don't empower fear. Your life will not end in destruction. It will end in victory. And the Lord gave me this verse for you, Jackie. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan to bring good into our lives for those, his love, who has been chosen to fulfill his design purpose. You are on the earth to fulfill God's design purpose. You are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. You are here for a moment. You are here for a divine purpose. God has his hand upon you. His anointing is upon you. His grace is upon you. His favor is upon you. Everything's perfectly fine, the Lord says. Amen. Can we get an amen today? Verse 41, many who were possessed by demons uh, came out at his command shouting, you are the son of God. So the first thing we know about Jesus is that when he comes, he comes to heal. What else do we know about Jesus? Luke chapter 5, verse 4 says this, when, they had finished, when, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Jesus was hungry. He likes fish. He likes some cod, okay? All right, he's a cod man, all right? Verse 5, Master Simon replies, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we will let down our nets again. Remember a few weeks ago, I preached a message that nothing is dead in Jesus, okay? Nothing is ever finished dead in Jesus. It may look dead. It may look like there's no hope. It may look and feel like we have worked all night and caught nothing. But one word, one voice, one moment that Jesus speaks in his life, he goes, it's not dead. It's not over. Put down the nets again. Verse 6. And this time their nets were so full of fish, it began to tear. Verse 7, with a shout, brought help their partners in other boats. Soon the boats were so filled with fish, it was on the verge of sinking. So what do we know about Jesus? That Jesus is in the details of the impossible. When we feel like something is impossible, God goes, no, nothing is ever dead in me. Nothing is ever impossible with me. So what do we know about Jesus? We know that he heals Number one, we know, too, that Jesus comes to do the impossible, okay? What else do we know about Jesus? Luke chapter 5, okay, verse 31 through 32 says this. Jesus answered, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners in need to repent. What else do we know about Jesus? Jesus loves everyday people. I'm an everyday person. You're an everyday person. We're all people that have sinned and failed and made mistakes, and we're all people that are going to continue to make mistakes, and I'm thankful that Jesus didn't come for the elite, but Jesus came for us, and he chose us today. And he believes in us. So what do we know about Jesus? That Jesus came to heal. He came to restore. He came to encourage. He came to believe. So when Jesus 
came into Jericho. There's a reason the Bible says Jesus came into Jericho. It means this, that Jesus came with the anointing from heaven to bring heaven to earth. Amen? So when the Spirit of the Lord shows up, he's bringing heaven to earth for our benefit. Still the question is this. Why in the world does Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? Zacchaeus is rich. He's powerful. He has everything his heart could ever want. But yet he still is intrigued by Jesus. And the reason he's intrigued by Jesus is because there is something in our soul that says, I'm not yet complete. This is Zacchaeus. He has all the money, all the power, anything he wants in this life, yet something in his soul is saying, I'm not complete in this life. The book of Ephesians puts it this way. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, it says this, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Meaning what? Christ wants to live and breathe with you. It's not religious. It's not this thing that, like, I checked the box on Sunday morning, like, oh, I feel a lot better about myself, you know? Like, we should just, like, we should just hand out, like, oh, like, Adam got, like, four golden stars today. You know what I mean? Because he, he sang this morning. He did a really good job. And so, you know, he got a star, number one, for just coming to church. You know what I mean? He got a star for serving, right? He gets another star for singing. And we're just going to throw another one on top because we like him a lot. You know what I mean? This is kind of our feel with church. And Jesus goes, no, 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 this is not what this is about. It is about real, authentic relationship with me. As you learn to trust me, I will come into your heart and I will make my home in your heart. Verse 18. And may you have the power to understand, as God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. His love, not man's love. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ that is too great to fully understand. That should be our prayer every day. God, I want to experience your love in a way I can't even understand. I want to experience your grace in a way I can't even understand. That should be the prayer of our heart. And this is my favorite part. It says this, then you will be made complete. Look at your neighbor and say complete. Okay, look and say complete. Oh, that was weak. All of you, come on. One, two, three. There we go. It says, you'll be made complete with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. What does this mean? It means this. Your job will never make you complete. I'm sorry. Your paycheck will never make you complete. Right? So many of us want identity from our career, from our boss, from uh, the people we work with. We want identity. We want something that gives us this sense of that I have arrived, I have come, I've made it somewhere. And God never intended for your job to make you feel whole and complete. It's just a means to an end. Me and Drew talk about money all the time. Money, money's just, it's just, a, it's just a resource to do what, what God's called me to do with it, okay? It's, it's not my master. 
Your job isn't your master. Your boss isn't your master. The paycheck isn't your master. That does not make you complete. Your wife, your spouse, your husband doesn't make you complete. A boyfriend, a girlfriend does not make you complete. Throw up that picture for me real quick, okay? Hey, look at that. Come on now. So this was the uh, one of probably the super awkward moments of my life. Me and Jess got married. Uh, was it on a Friday or a Saturday, Jess? Saturday. We got married on a Saturday. We drove to Cincinnati, uh, spent the night there. And then guess what? We came back the very next morning with the entire family and opened up presents the very next morning, okay? Super awkward, let's just say that, okay? So this is us. Newly married, opening up, God knows what. I think we took most of it back because we didn't even know, like, what to do with it. We're like, you know, like, oh, we did get a vacuum. But I remember, like, we got, like, a, we got, like, a $300 mixer. And I was like, what do we do with this? Take it back, you know, and get the money, you know. But I remember, so we open up all these presents, and then we load up our moving truck, the same day, that Sunday, the same day, we load up the moving truck. Everybody prays over us, and me and Jess drive this moving truck to Pittsburgh, Mississippi, okay? And, I mean, this all happens within 48 hours of the life. So we moved to Pittsburgh, Mississippi. We didn't even have anywhere to live at the time, so we actually lived with our senior pastor for, like, the first, like, I think, like, three or four weeks of being married. Not a great thing, okay? Let's just put it that way, okay? So, and I remember we went on our honeymoon, Okay? And I remember we went, we went to Panama City, right? Pan, I mean, like, what is that? Like, you know, like uh, spring break capital of the world, you know? So we go, we go to Panama City, okay? And we're in Panama City. And I, and I don't know what it was, but I, I think for lunch and dinner for like, I don't know, like five or six days straight, we ate steak every single meal. I mean, we went to every steakhouse we could possibly find in Panama City. If you want tips about Panama City and the steakhouses, let us know. We'll tell you about it, okay? So we ate steak every day. We were spending money on stupid things. Like, I remember I bought this, like, $200 boogie board. You know, I was like, I'm going to ride the waves. You know what I mean? And we're like, we're eating steak. We're hanging out. Obviously, you know, the boom, boom room's going down. You know what I mean? There's just a lot happening. <laughs> It's a you know, it's a it's it's supposed to be a great time. But I'll never forget this. No, oh, I just lost everybody. Everybody's everybody's gone, okay? I'll never forget this. I remember this feeling a feeling incomplete. Cause I had this thought for a long time. Man, I just can't wait to get married. Can't wait to be with Jess every day. We had, done, we had done long distance for a couple of years, and the thought of being together every day was like heaven until you're together every day. You know? <laughs> it's so true. It's so, it's so true. We love each other, though. We do. And I remember, like, getting to that place where I was like, wow, like, like I love her, but she doesn't complete me. And God never intended for our spouse to complete us. God never intended for our job to complete us. God never intended for our stuff. 
to complete us. We're so wrapped up in what we have, and we're so wrapped up in, you know, just, just stuff. And God goes, I never intended for you to be made complete by that. And this is what Zacchaeus is looking for. Zacchaeus' soul is looking to be made complete. He has everything, but he has nothing at the same time. Does that make sense? You ever felt that moment in your life where you're like, man, God's been really good to me, but I just don't feel complete and whole inside. Jesus, his love, I love what Ephesians says, that his love, his love is what completes us, completes us. I mean, come on, guys, think about this for a second, okay? I mean, we're not, we're not, in church, we're always looking for like this formula, you know what I mean? We're always looking for like, oh, it's like, this amount of worship is the right amount of worship, you know, and, and this amount of word is the right amount of word, and this amount of prayer, and this and this, and we're looking for this formula that will make us complete, and Ephesians just wrecks it all and says, no, none of that will make you complete. My love, my love, my love is what will make you complete and whole in your soul. That's what will make you complete. In my presence, you will find my love and that will ground your soul, right? When I'm full of the love of God, I am happy with the job that I have. It might not be perfect, but I'm happy with it. And I'm pleased that I get to honor my family with it. When my heart is full of love, that's when I can really honor my spouse the best or take care of my children the best, right? It's what makes us complete. And this was what Zacchaeus was looking for. Point number two is this. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, I must be a guest in your house. I must be a guest in your house. Meaning this, Jesus was interested in Zacchaeus' life. Jesus is making a clear statement that Zacchaeus didn't have to come with him somewhere, that he was going to go to Zacchaeus' house. Could you imagine if you woke up this morning and you got a text from Holy Spirit? You know, Holy Spirit, a.k.a. Jesus, is coming to your house for lunch today. Number one, none of you would be at church. Let's just be honest. You'd be at home. You'd be cleaning. You'd be making sure that everything was perfect getting everything ready. Jesus is coming to the house. Like, I got to impress Jesus, right? Jesus chose him. I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, the other night, uh, Michael had a summer league basketball game. And it was just, it was an okay, okay game, okay? And so I was up. He was spending the night. Uh, his friend, it was like the whole entire basketball team kind of spent the night together the other night, and they were kind of all bonding. And, and it was like it was like 1.30 in the morning, and I was still up, and I knew for sure he's up. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. And so I texted him, like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, good. You know, it's like usually it's like one word, like good, okay. You know what I mean? All right. You know, so he's like, good. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, we're playing 2K. And so... I just felt the Lord go, I, I want you to encourage him. 
And so put up that picture, okay? So this is my text feed, okay? Can, can we just, number one, see something that he said, yes, and I love you to me before I even said anything? Hey, can I get an amen on that? 14-year-old boy, he's not even here today. I'm so glad. <laughs> he's so mad at me around. So I love it. And this is what I text him. I said this, I want you to know if you win or lose or have a great game or okay game or even a bad game, I love watching you play. I wrote to him, I said, I love you. I'm so proud of you and the young man you are. I believe in you. And I believe that this is going to be a great year. I want you to stop comparing and stop thinking so much. I want you just to play hard, be super competitive, have fun with your friends. I love you. And so I wrote that to Michael at 1.30 in the morning. And I sent that to him. And the Lord said, look at it again. And the Lord said, look at it through my eyes. And the Lord spoke this to me. He said, I want you to know, if you win or lose in life, if you have a great day serving me or an okay day serving me or even a bad day serving me, I love you and I love watching you. And the Lord said to me, he said, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the man you are. I believe in you. I believe that it's going to be a great year. And the Lord said, I want you to stop comparing yourself, Jeff. I want you to stop thinking so much. Just love me, and I'll love you. And everything will be okay. And this is what Jesus says to us. He says, some days you're, someday you're going to have a really good day. And some days you're going to have a bad day. And some days you're going to do a really good job living for me. And some days you're going to not do a really good job living for me. But every day, I love watching you. You ever think about that? They're like, God's a father. He just loves watching Eddie. And Eddie just probably thinks, my life is just mundane, and I just get up, and I go to work, and I do these mundane things. But the Lord's like, no, I love watching Eddie. Eddie's my son. And I love him. You know what I mean? And when you think and see God through that perspective, your whole life changes. Your whole perspective changes. This is what Jesus was doing for Zacchaeus. He was saying, I choose Zacchaeus. I love watching Zacchaeus. I love who Zacchaeus is. Sure, Zacchaeus has some issues and Zacchaeus has some problems, but they're not too big for me. And beyond that, I love him first. 
Don't you love that about Jesus, that he chooses us before we get everything right? He chose Zacchaeus long before he ever got everything all right. Point number three, worship team, you guys can come up, is this. God's grace empowered Zacchaeus to change. God's grace empowered Zacchaeus. You ever think about this, that like all of a sudden Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to give half of my money to the poor and everybody I've cheated, I'm going to give them four times the amount back. You know why he said four times the amount back? Because in the old law, okay, in the old law, God said, if you cheat somebody, that you'll give them four times more back. So when Zacchaeus says that I'll give four times more, it's just not some random number. He's actually quoting the law. What causes us? What causes us to lay down sin? What causes us to go, I want to choose God's way? What causes us to honor our spouse? What causes us to love people correctly? What causes us to walk in obedience? What causes these things? If you think it's you and your strength, you are totally lost. You're totally lost. It is 100% the grace of God. 100%. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weaknesses. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. James chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, and he gives grace generously. Anybody in here go, I want grace. Raise your hand. Just raise it up. You're like, I need grace. I want grace. I want generous amounts of grace on my life. It says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Zacchaeus, man of power, man of wealth, man of statue. Zacchaeus chooses to humble himself, climb a tree so that he can just get a glimpse of Jesus. Isn't it amazing? The moment Zacchaeus humbles himself is the moment that the grace of God shoots forth into Zacchaeus' life, empowers him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. It is all because of God poured out his special favor on me. Not without results, for I've worked harder than any other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. This is Paul saying, it isn't me. You think this is me. You think it's me leading these people. You think it's me directing these people. You think it's me. He goes, no, 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 no. I want you to make this really clear. It is not I, but it is the grace of God working upon my life that I live, I breathe, I do, I walk. The grace of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still 
sinners. See, Jesus is real simple. Shannon, come here. Shannon's our resident Jesus today. Truth is this. The closer I get to Jesus, proximity, proximity. Do you remember the beginning of the story? It says Jesus entered Jericho. Jericho's big. Zacchaeus put himself in right per proximity with Jesus and because he was next to Jesus his love made Zacchaeus complete and his grace empowered Zacchaeus to be something that he was never before Zacchaeus went from a thug to a true son of Abraham Jesus said that he went from a gangster, a thief, a cheat, to a true son of Abraham. Why? Because simply Jesus. It was simply Jesus and his grace and his strength that empowered. What you saying this morning? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.